0: Joining us now, the number seven pick in the 2011 draft, Mr. Bismack Biambo. Nobody beats the Nobody
1: beats the Nobody
0: Bismack, we appreciate you band. joining the program. The last time I saw you with B.J. Armstrong, you were playing in a Santa Monica gym. You had just been traded back to the Charlotte Hornets. And that, and that was yeah. the last time I saw you have a conversation. So since then, how's life? You, you've been with the Hornets. You know, you're back in Charlotte. How are things? You're obviously dealing with the, the pandemic right now. But, but how's life for Bismack Beyond Bow?
2: Uh, man, my quarantine situation, I've been great. Uh, Spent a lot of time with family. Uh, Spent a lot of time working out. These are, have been really, really interesting time for me. You know, I never get to spend this much time with my family. So this is the first time. And and obviously with the union, like as we were going back and forth trying to figure ways that we could get the season back up and running, uh, which was a fun process as well. And then my foundation back home, obviously, we do a lot of work. Uh, we dive a little more into uh, the medical field, the healthcare, care, uh, just because of the circumstances that we we're in. But overall, it's been fun for me. I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm, I'm not getting bored at all.
1: Well, Biz... Well, first, you know, it's always great to see you, and uh, it's always beautiful to see that smile. And I can't tell you enough, and just in full transparency, you know, you and I, we work together here. But every time I'm with Bismack and his family, all we do is smile. We smile and we eat. So I gotta ask, how's the family? (laughs) They refer to me, they've given me a nickname, right? They call me Big Time. (laughs) They call me, they call me Big Time. I'm the shortest guy, but they call me Big Time. And we smile, we eat, and one of my favorite, well, I gotta say it, he is my favorite client to visit because Biz has the greatest food ever. And he has an appreciation for food. So Tell us a little bit about the quarantine workout. Yeah. Tell me about all my, my brothers. Those are my brothers now. <laughs> and, and
2: I know you're eating well and uh, oh, just catching up. Uh, let me start first with, like, the brothers. The brothers are doing great. Uh, the brothers <laughs> are doing great. By the way, you know, Billy is one of my brothers. He is right behind me, and uh, and he's the one kind of come up with this idea of recording my workout. Like, look, I ain't got nothing going on. And during this time, like we could, we could do something special with this. You know, you working out and I can make time to get up at the same time. We got nothing going on. So we start recording the workout. Then sometimes I'll have like, you know, my other brothers come work out with me. And at the end of the session, we all do like a court session, which is fun. Uh, we got to get the girls to work out, too. So we will force them to work out. So sometimes I'll be the trainer. Biscay <laughs> will be the trainer, uh, but they're all doing good. Uh, they're all in better shape, so this is good stuff. As far as you know, the, the eating right—you know, I've, I've flipped my diet a little bit. Uh, I only do uh, vegetables, a lot of uh, nuts and seeds, and fruits. Cut off a lot, a lot of—I don't know if you call them bad carbs, whatnot, Just so my my digestive system can process things faster, I can be more in a J um, and, uh, and I cut off breakfast as well. So I don't eat breakfast for two years now. And, and he uh, and has been great. He has been great. Obviously you've been at the house, you've seen my diet, <laughs> uh, you have checked the diet. out. So these are great things, but overall uh, things are pretty good. Uh, things are pretty good. I'm actually uh, enjoying it, but it forced me to build like new habits. You know, uh, I work on Monday to Friday, and Monday to Friday, I'll get up early in the morning, get my work in. So by the time everybody get up, I'll be done in my work. And Then, you know, uh, if there is any work with the union, we, we could get on top of that. If there's any work to be done back home, because this is the first time I actually have ends on with my foundation and stuff. So uh, kind of figuring out what are the perfect ideas, how we can get things done in a way that I want to see come to light. Um, and then uh, and then spend time with family. So uh, those have been great, but yeah, the bros are good. <laughs> <laughs> tell her, tell tell my guys they said hello, and
1: I know they got they got ideas. And yeah, um, so, Biz, you know, you you're you're part of the union. And before we get to that, and the executive committee committee,
2: right?
1: You know, when the season came to an abrupt, you know, stoppage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your thoughts? As a player, right, um, I think it was March 11th um, mm-hmm. as is the date. What was your thought pattern of what was going on because this information was coming so quickly, right? And as an NBA player, what were you thinking when all of this happened, and 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 you know, and just kind of take us through well, you know, where we're at now here in July as we're about to have a, a restart, if you will,
2: right? So when when the season shut down, we were in Miami. We played our last game. Literally walking off the court, and then it was like, you know, uh, the season has been canceled. So, you know, I came back, I think it was on a Wednesday or Thursday. For four days, I didn't do anything at all, just trying to process things and figure out. And obviously, with the union, during those four days, we were getting on a call like every day, like catching some update things that we have been missing out. Uh, and then once it hit that Sunday, I got on the phone with my guy, His name is Paul, we worked. Uh, with the team, has been training me for the past two years. So I I asked him, how can we set up a plan that's going to work for me moving forward because I don't want to sit around and do nothing. And if we have to go back to play, then I got to start catching up with things. So he said, why don't we start working on Monday to Friday? And Wednesday is going to be the cardio day. So on Wednesday, we have this crazy workout that we do is like, we're going to do like one hand snatches. All my workout are with bills. So we do like this one hand snatches. So per minute, you got to do six on the right side, six on the left side. For every minute, for, 40, uh, for 44 minutes. So that brings you to about uh, at least 500 something snatches. So over the course of time, we've built that. And mentally, I felt like I was in, different, in a better place. So that's why for me, it was easy to deal with this quarantine. And, and plus, I'm, you know, I've, I've always liked staying home. I don't, I don't do much, you know. Uh, if it's not work, if it's not basketball, I'm, you know, I don't do much. So for me, it really didn't make a big of a difference. But he at least challenged me to be better in different areas. Obviously, we didn't have access to basketball and the gym. So it forced you to be better at other things. Read a lot of books. Been running to books nonstops, which has been fun for me to Educating myself on different topics, things that I didn't know. Uh, but that was kind of the, the beginning of quarantine. And then as we're moving forward, you know, there was still uncertainty. Oh, well, you know, maybe two weeks to be out of quarantine. Uh, before you know it, it was one month. And then it was two months. Then, well, we're getting to the end of it. Well, three months we've been in quarantine, you know. Still things are moving slow, even for us as players to get in the gym. But, you know, uh, you find a way. Like they say, when there's a will, there's a way. So we'll make it happen. And, And now, you know, I'm excited because even for fans, it was hard. There's no sports people stuck in their house. Like, they need some kind of excitement, you know. And, and then for me, it's like, even if there's not going to be fans, at least we have support back. You know, I, I would have loved for us to play, but even if we're not playing, still, I never had four or five months to get better, um, build my body up and, you know, build my my skills up to the level, if not better, uh, than the competition. So, for me, I, I'm enjoying it, but that was kind of the top process at the beginning. And now, you know... Um, you got, we got a lot of young guys, so you have to also help them out to understand the process. You know, some of them are just like, well, why not play with that, you know? And now, how do you help them out get through this time? Uh, hopefully, by the time next season starts, we're definitely going to be at a better place.
0: Quick break to get a word from our sponsor Raycon. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycom's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts like this one, like Pushing Through. Binge it. You've heard us talk about the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Brandy, and J.R. Smith. They are all obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash pushin. That's buyraycon.com slash pushin for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash pushin. Back to the podcast. How many, you know, Bismack, when that all comes out and you guys are figuring out the, what that fallout is, I mean, you're obviously talking to all those guys, you know, that are that are in the Players Association trying to get everyone on the same page. That process for you, I mean, you said it was fun. I mean, a lot of people would, would say that that's a, that's a burden of sorts, you know, to get all that together. But you seem inspired by trying to get the collective group of, of players together on the same page. And it seems like yeah. everyone wanted to come back in some capacity to play. And now mm-hmm. we, we see that in the bubble. People will finally play basketball.
2: Right. You know, the, the interesting part is that I, I always love and enjoy new experiences, you know, where this is new things for me to learn, you know, new, new way of, uh, of dealing with different people, uh, different understanding. Uh, like, like I give you an example as, you know, we were pushing for the restart of the season and there were players that had a different feeling in regards to that because we had the whole movement of black lives matter going on certain players feel like they shouldn't be going there and i think what i told somebody was like we might want to pay attention to this so that we we do not misunderstand the players that don't want to go because in the end what we don't want to do is misunderstood the players and then two years later we're like oh well now we get what they were coming from why don't we do better in understanding these players, see where they're coming from and how we can help them. Because our job is to help everybody. The ones that decide to go and the ones that don't want to go, everybody have their rights to make their own decision. So at the same time, you know, I think it was, it, it's a fun process because for me, you have to learn on how to deal with different uh, people and and different mentality because you're on the phone, you're on the phone call with. X amount of players within the executive committee. And then all over the center, you're getting now phone calls from players that are not part of the the executive committee with a different opinion. So now how do you manage that and make sure you bring the message in a way to the committee so they understood that? What I don't, you know, for me, the biggest challenge was looking at the NFL. You know, I I hate to bring this up, but, you know, Colin Kaepernick, what he was doing as, as far as peaceful protest, nobody really never get the message. Mm-hmm. And now, as people breaking things down, now people start understanding where it was coming from. So that was my biggest fear. I, as far as the NBA, you know, the NBA has always worked with players and understand players, where they're coming from and figuring out how they can help players. And our job is to make sure that these players have the platform to actually have that conversation which the NBA has allowed us to do that. And to me, that has been a fun part of, of this whole process, you know, seeing guys voicing their opinion without a fear of saying, I might not play next year. I might not be on the team next year. You know, uh, I, I, I'm free to call my agent and say, this is what I think about situation that's going on. How can you give me a platform that I can actually speak about these things? And, and, and it, it's exciting, it's exciting. The more players are coming out and talking about things, you know the more from my perspective as one of the executive committee or at least one of the vice president, you have a different understanding. Now you have to go back and reread the lines and try to understand where they come from and And again, for me, it's fun. I enjoy it and, uh, and I think I got what one and a half year to go. A, yeah, hey, Biz. I don't know what that's on <laughs> end. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm gonna want to do it again or not, but uh, yeah,
1: for sure. Now, Biz, like you know, now you've been in the in the meetings, you have become an expert, if you will, on Zoom calls and meetings, and uh, and,
2: and I should and, just get a membership, man. You should, you <laughs> should. I, I can,
1: I can only imagine. I can only imagine what these conversations must be like. But what? have been and what were some of the biggest challenges with making sure as you guys were having your you know in-house meetings if you will with the executive committee and then you have to bring that message to the larger pool of players and then you have to meet with michelle roberts and then you have to convey that to the Mm -hmm. owners and the league what has been some of the major hurdles or what is the probably the most major challenge that you've seen right. as a member and, find, and trying to really organize all of these people because you couldn't get together and be face
2: to face. Right, right, right. So I, I think one of the challenges has always been communication and a, and a lot of things, you know, uh, you know, as we go, I think we all continue to grow into communicating better in as little of details as possible um but also you know the, the other challenge i think uh that we, we faced was players that was like it's too dangerous to play i like, forget the money and now we're sitting here thinking about how next year could be affected yes. and the years to come yes so you know it will be selfish i think in my opinion for our generation to sacrifice the next generation What I mean by that is us being selfish of saying we don't need to play. We figure out next year whatever comes with it. Now you have the young guys coming in. We'll have to deal with all the bad decisions that we have made. On the other side is that there's a lot of money to be left on the table. So I don't see the why players, you know in the beginning because it was a high percentage of players until they really got to understand the economics and, and how this could possibly impact the future of our league. So the, the, the challenging part was to help guys understand the money issue that we were dealing with, uh, number one, in the present, and how the future going to look like. Because at some point, I think we're going to have to renegotiate our collective bargaining because we, we all facing different circumstances and owners wanna make money, players wanna make money. It's the reality of the business. Nobody in this to lose money. But at the same time, now it's almost like, hopefully we can prepare players to understand better now for what's coming next. Cause nobody knows really what's coming next. Nobody knows what's gonna happen in Orlando. I hope they can finish the season but like Adam said, what if a lot of players, a high percentage of players tested positive for COVID-19? The alphabet, then they will have to shut the whole thing down, you know? So it's still a lot of uncertainty, but at the same time, I think the money issue was the most challenging thing because you have to communicate to players. But like – some players have made a lot of money in their career. They don't need the money. But then you have these rookies that come in the league. They're depending on their paycheck. So, you know, if if I'm okay, do I tell the rookie now not to play? How is he going to handle his family that's now depending on him monthly, weekly, or daily, you know? So I think that was the challenging thing is to help guys understand the, the economics of, of, of our league and the future of our league and how this gonna look like, and at the same time, I think a lot a lot of guys understands what was on the table and how the future could possibly look for us. Um, but like I said, I think at some point we're gonna to have to renegotiate a collective bargaining just because of the circumstances that we're facing right now. And my only hope is just that you know we don't we we come to an understanding in the near future before we reach that point where you know i don't want to go to another year for maybe going to a lockout here i already came in the league on a lockout here <laughs> yeah, <yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna be eight months you know basketball <laughs> and I'm, I'm not i don't want to miss basketball again for another 10 months you know or 12 months whatever that time might be but I think we'll, we'll come to an understanding on, uh, you know, the, the NBA, the owners, they, they've always worked with, with its players, you know. Uh, so, I you know, I look forward to when that time comes. But in the meantime, I think we all uh, we are looking forward to the restart of the season, see how the NBA can manage this because there's a lot of players down there. I mean, yesterday I had a conversation with some of them down there, you know. The feedback again is very very interesting, you know.
1: Is there anything you can share yeah. with us? I mean, we're we, we want more, you know. We want more. we, we want more, you know. Oh, oh. We've heard about the food. We've heard about the food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've heard about the accommodations. But yeah. but you know what I'm really concerned about biz is yes. is you know, everyone deals with stress in different ways. Yes. And I'm really concerned about how these players will deal with the stress of Mm -hmm. winning and losing because there's no, you know, some people, yeah, there's no support Mm -hmm. there, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you're away from your family. Look, you have your team, but, you know, I mean, it's an emotional game. You know, I I may get upset because we lost or what have you, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. What is the support system that the NBA has provided in in that environment?
2: You know, uh, there is doctors, uh, there is... Enough people down there that these players can talk to uh, whenever it's needed, uh, from the mental aspects of of the game or life to you know how the body functioning. But also, I think going down there, it, you know, it's 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 a sacrifice for a lot of players. You know, I know we didn't make it. Had a desire to make it, wanted to make it, but you know, them sacrificing going down there, I don't think it's just for them. It's for all of us, you know. we all going to get paid because the 22-hour team are going to play, although we didn't agree with some of the things, but the reality of it is the sacrifice for them going down there being 53 days, if I'm not mistaken, without seeing their family member. I give them a lot of respect, but at the same time, you know, I think I'm curious because at the beginning, it's it, you know everybody excited. you know, this is a new thing. you know I'm excited to be there. But now, how is this gonna play out in the next three weeks, four weeks? You know, that's where I'm really curious because at the beginning, you're catching up, you know you're good, you talk to family here, you have not lose a lot of games, you know, you, you have not missed the clutch shot. So now, once all those things start happening, and I think that's where the n b a and the union are gonna have to raise the the work ethic on who they get involved in order to help these players, because as you say, there's no support, there's no family like me, you know there's days I have a bad game, I just come home and you know have fun with my brother, we laugh you know good vibes, good energy, we forget about the game, tomorrow's a new day so now. They're all in an environment where they're gonna have to be together. You just you and your teammates, pretty much, Monday to Monday. So the only person you can talk to is your teammates. And, and I don't think a lot of players have that relationship to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's things there's times you don't there's things you don't wanna share with uh, with, the, with with your teammates because you don't know how that's gonna fire back to you or whether it's the right the right thing to say or not. So, for me, it's like, you know, it's going to be challenging, but because it's at the beginning, everybody is excited. Like, Serge is my boy. So, Serge called me yesterday was <laughs> like, hey, li- li- listen, man, do you have a Congolese chef down here? <laughs> <laughs> I need some Congolese food. <laughs> he said, he said, I said, damn, is the food that bad? He said, no, nah, man, I just got to find a routine. Hondurans food once awesome. a week. I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they are all gonna have to build up this routine and these new habits. And some of them gonna be down there until October. So, but once it's well, you know once once they get to the playoff, obviously, then uh, you know family can come in after the first round or thing something like that. So at some point they're gonna get families, but it's just how they get to this window of the, the next 53 days, which we are looking forward to.
0: And, Biz, I mean, just you're not in the bubble, obviously. You're on the Hornets. You guys are not one of the 22 teams that are going down there. And then Kyrie's also Kyrie's also not in the bubble, who's also right. on the executive committee. So – a lot of times with the players' association, I always find it fascinating that they're expected to be in you know labor negotiations and and, and negotiations at the table, but also they have to perform at the highest level to keep their job. It's a it's a it's right. a, kind of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. But now that you guys right. aren't playing basketball, you do have more time to sort of sit and think about the the impending CBA, what the next season may look like. Is that mm-hmm. do uh do you find that fortunate for once that you guys do have the time to? maybe sit down and figure out some things without having to worry about the pressure of basketball?
2: I want to say fortunate because, like, for me, like, you know, BJ will tell you, me, you see me in the gym. (laughs) If I have a chance to get in the gym, I'm in the gym. So for me, it's like, you know, the three months that I spent during quarantine mentally was to prepare for a comeback season. We're coming back, and my body is ready mentally. I'm ready. I'm strong. I'm good to go but now that that's not happening even the players in the bubble when we act, we gotta get on this phone call right well, they they're gonna have to work too <laughs> because we all sign out for this so even the players in the bubble are still gonna have to work but for me it's like you know we didn't make it uh probably get to spend more time with family uh obviously uh the work it's it's another part of it that you know you cannot dismiss because this is something that I wanted to do I had a desire to do to work for players because I've been in the league for I think at a time before I get elected I was in the league for 80 years now I just finished my ninth year so I, for me it's like you know I've come a long way well as a young guy I've learned a lot from vets uh, mistakes you make and then you grow over and over so now it's like you know I, I'll be very fortunate to work for players.
1: Oh, there you go, there you go. Well, Biz, I appreciate it, man, so much. And uh, hey, keep doing your thing, and um, we can't wait to see. You. And great job on all the work you guys are doing with the union and stuff you're doing back home. And and uh, I know you're taking care of the family. Please tell everyone say hello. Tell Billy and those guys to keep sending me the, the music. I'm I, I need more music here. And don't you ever lose that smile. That's the that's the, best, that's the best smile in the NBA right there. And I appreciate you, big fella, for coming on.